Hi, friends. It's Aislinn. And Joe. Welcome to season three at our dinner table. And nothing is off limits at our nope. dinner table. So settle in, mm. grab your favorite beverage. And pull up a chair. Because we have a lot to talk about. I'd like to set the table. Mm-hmm. We had Domino's pizza for dinner. It happened. And we're having a scotch tasting. Oof. <laughs> Your folks. That's the a o- healthy lifestyle happening up in that household. <laughs> Your folks the other night got some, what, chain pizza. I said, I wonder if they have gluten-free crusts because that's a thing now. Mm-hmm. Much easier. Uh, so I looked up the two major chains and everyone knows these folks, Pizza Hut and Domino's. Mm-hmm. Our Pizza Hut locally, no gluten-free crusts. Mm-hmm. Domino's, yes. Yes. I thought, let's try this Domino's <laughs> gluten-free crust. I noticed in the past they had a good vegetarian pizza, so I'm not surprised that they have a decent gluten-free crust that we customized to my vegetarian delight, and I had a 10-inch gluten-free takeout pizza that was, well, the thing about it is is that you still had to go pick it up. Well, there is no delivery where we live. But it would be out of your way to go to the pizza places, the local pizza places. Exactly. So there is no gluten-free crust in any kind of specialty pizza place in our town now. No? No. B&J's? Portland. I'm talking about on this side of the bridge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Portland doesn't count. (laughs) Still doesn't. It tries, but it doesn't. So we met up for a snack in across the bridge, headed home. I put my order in the phone. Super convenient. I get there. And there's a text, you know, click this when you get here. I do that. There's the little pizza making tracker. Uh Uh-huh. We're prepping your pizza. We're baking your pizza. Your pizza is ready. Now push this button when you arrive. I do. If we don't bring your pizza out to you in two minutes countdown, Mm -hmm. you get a free pizza. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching the countdown. I'm looking at the door. I'm watching the countdown. I'm looking at the door. One minute left. 30 seconds left. That door better open. The door's opening. No, no, that's a delivery. Free pizza next time. Oh, look at you. Very nice. Now, the real question, how is the gluten-free crust? Now, we've had a gluten-free pizza challenge. I've made crusts. We've gone out for crusts. We got the store-made, frozen, ready-to-cook crusts. How was this Domino's? One of the things that I've always thought was deficient in Portland that didn't make any sense to me, and I grew up in Portland. I graduated from high school in Portland, all of that, is a local pizza place. Like, it makes no sense to me that every town doesn't have at least one local pizza place. That's always, like, odd to me. And as Portland has developed with other restaurants, it still doesn't have its own local pizza place. Mm -hmm. Come on, you guys. And even better than that would be local pizza. Plus, you also have a gluten-free pizza crust like our friends at B&J's do in Corpus Christi. So, comparably, Domino's was good. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, the thing that I always get frustrated about with like the chain restaurants is that the quality of their ingredients just isn't as fresh. That's the thing. They're shipping so many of their products, like their tomatoes are not fresh tomatoes, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're just out of the bag shipped from whatever the source of... Remember the definition of snob is not just that you prefer this or that, but that you pass judgment on those that don't do it your way. I don't care where you get your pizza. (laughs) But if there's a choice between a local pizza place that's slicing tomatoes or a chain place that's getting tomatoes shipped to you pre-diced, I know the flavor is going to be better at that local spot. I know that it is. Yeah. 
It is. And I had said whenever you had mentioned it, talking about whether we would get a chain, you know, pizza, I was like, yeah, I mean, why not? Every once in a while. I order from Thrive. Everybody knows that now. And I get Amy's gluten-free bean and cheese burritos. And sometimes when I've been outside working until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. That's and a convenience now, food that yeah, you feel comfortable I'm going to throw it in the oven. Mm-hmm. It's not that convenient, by the way. It takes like a full hour or so to like <laughs> heat it up in the up. oven. You can put it in the microwave for 20 seconds, but you have to microwave. cook it for an hour and a half yeah. in the oven. That's why our kids get so frustrated with us about fast food type situation. I don't sense that frustration, though. It's a little bit there. Can Lily I, gets frustrated about can it. Can I push she wants pause to, heat. to say welcome yes. to our dinner table? Yeah. Tonight, it's got dominoes and scotch on it. But we're going to talk to you about some food that we made here in just a second. But yeah, I just want to say thank you again for listening, for being here. We love you being here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us at the table. But yeah, I think Lily does give a little like, and the reason is because she likes to have on hand, and I learned this was happening more at her dad's house. She eats mostly vegetarian, Mm -hmm. and she said that his response to... How she eats is basically Amy's frozen dinners. and which, I'll give you an option. This is what I have available. Yeah, and I totally get that. But he has a microwave. And over here in the same scenario where we're like, oh, yeah, we, we bought you an Amy's burrito whatever. or an Amy's, mm-hmm. you know, Indian food, Pollock paneer or whatever. And she's like, yeah, but it takes like an hour and a half to heat up the oven. I'm like, well, you have to be prepared around here or you're going to start. You're going to go to college, get yourself a microwave, <laughs> microwave everything you want to. <laughs> so then she tells this story. She, she actually was really happy about this. She found a real giggle in the fact that we get in the garage. They go in the garage the other day at my parents' house and she sees a microwave in the garage. Uh-huh. <laughs> she goes... Why is there a microwave in the garage? And I go, that's Pop-Pop's microwave. And she goes, why is it outside? And I go, because not I won't let him have a microwave inside the house. <laughs> so it's Pop-Pop's secret microwave. Yeah, so last night she went over to, to raid the freezer for ice cream. And anytime she needs to, she can go over and use a microwave. Uh-huh, Exactly. We are in the middle of naming a chicken. Yes. If you go to our Facebook page, Dinner Table Talks, you will see pinned to the top. We'll do put it up there for one more week. There is a clear front runner of a name choice. Mm-hmm. There are six, seven names available. You just got to go down there, leave a comment. Facebook doesn't let you do polls anymore. So leave the comment of the one that is your favorite, and we'll tell you what that chicken will be named next week. So listen, I have a comment. Please. And it's specifically about the whole Facebook thing. Go ahead. So you posted this Facebook poll about naming a chicken. Yeah. And when we said we were going to do a poll, I originally thought, oh, does Facebook let you even do that kind of thing anymore? Right. No business page. It won't let you do that. But you went ahead and just said, hey, help us name this chicken. And then you promoted the post. I just threw so a few that, dollars like, at it, yeah. More people could see it she, so that more right. of our listeners, which by the way, hey, listeners, go over to our Facebook page and comment a name, like vote right there. You'll help us out. But like what's happening now is that new audience is seeing the podcast because this is com- people that are interested in chickens. I don't know, whatever you chose to promote Homesteading. On. Yeah, homesteading, right. They're liking the post. It's a beautiful picture of a chicken. And I think it's funny. It like it gets me into this whole the whole time it's been happening. I've been just thinking about this. They're liking like, it, but they're not reading it. 
they're liking, and I think how often does that happen where you just like a picture, but you have no idea what it even said. And I've noticed myself being so much more careful with just liking a picture because if you read the text, sometimes the text, like you don't agree with that at all. You're like, oh my God, I better. And and that's a part of the method. I mean, I do it myself. I post all these great pictures with like words and I'm like, do they even read the words that I post? So that's got me thinking about it. So anyway, listeners, go on to the Facebook post where we're trying to name this chicken and help us choose one of the ones that are up there in the poll or whatever. And if you're listening to this because you had never listened to the podcast before and it came across a feed and you'd like to post with the chicken on it, tell us what you want to name the chicken. We'd like to know. So I noticed that we needed a new bottle of scotch. So I went to the liquor store to get our scotch. (laughs) And this is not the most expensive bottle on the shelf, but there was a choice between a bottle or this promotional thing with two other special (laughs) bottles inside, like little airplane bottles, you know, a single serving. So while we're at the dinner table tonight, I gave you a little splash of some 12-year-old scotch. Now, that is the 13-year-old that's stored in sherry casks that you've got now. So fancy. And when you drain that, I'm going to give you half of a shot of 18-year-old scotch. And by Mm. the end of the episode, we can say which one is our favorite. (laughs) Okay, perfect. I find scotch to be a bit medicinal. So whenever I'm feeling a little bit not warm enough and just like I need a little kick to the like, I don't know. Keep it calm. <laughs> well, our nights are in the 40s and 50s yeah. these days. So it's like fire weather yeah. and a nice little belt of scotch is Medicinal. just... Medicinal. Yeah, it gives you a little warming. That's what I'm telling myself anyways. <laughs> right. So, hey, our vacation is coming up soon. I know. Did you see Kaishin's vest? We're going oh to Arkansas. God. We're going to be hiking in the Ozarks. You wanted us to get him a little lumberjack vest and it came in the mail today. He is the cutest thing ever. Like I'd been saying... He doesn't want to go outside. And then I kept thinking, I wonder if he's scared about like, maybe this is going to be like that one time where we all sat on the couch for like days and days and days and we ate cold soup. The water went out. (laughs) The power went out. So we got a new vest and it's super cute. And guess what? It's red. So he's ready to go on our trip. Get him some little hiking boots. He'll be ready to go. I hear my backpacks in the mail. A backpack to put the dog in while we hike? Yes, it is. (laughs) One of the highlights of this trip to the hot springs and then north of their Ozark area is a trip to the bathhouses. I'm I'm really excited about this. Speaking about medicinal insanity. I found <laughs> a blog of some people that went to the bathhouse where we have booked our time. Ooh. And I thought I would read you exactly what the experience is that we're about to have. Yes. Tell me, tell me. When you first arrive, men are taken into a locker room on the first floor and women are taken up an old-fashioned elevator into a waiting area where your bath attendant will meet you. This is not a co-ed experience. Mm, That means we can't go together. From there, you will be taken to your locker to undress completely. Your bath attendant will bring a towel and wrap you up in it and then lead you to the open room with all the stations. You will then begin your treatment in the Whirlpool hot tub. I hope they can handle a very bushy woman. (laughs) I'm going to keep going. Each tub is behind a curtain, so you have privacy as you disrobe and enter the bath. The tub is the original cast iron tub filled with thermal waters from that hot springs Ooh, area. I'm really, really, really excited. And the thermos- like I get like chills just thinking about excitement. You're not going to need chills. And the thermostat <laughs> so you can monitor the temperature. Mine was set at 103 degrees. Cool. The bath attendant will start the whirlpool, which is incredibly powerful. 
This is a female writing this. I had to position myself to the side of the tubs to not feel violated by it. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> so you do that for about 20 minutes. The attendant will come in with a loofah and rub your body down in order to increase the circulation. Wow. You'll then be taken to the hot pack station where you'll lie on a table and the attendant will place very hot towels on your back, shoulder, stomach, and legs and an icy towel on your forehead, which helps you feel comfortable. You know what? My little fire body is so excited for this. I'm like, burn me. She goes on to write, this was my favorite part. I think I actually fell asleep with the warmth. Yeah. Next, you'll be taken to a sits bath, which is essentially a small tub that you sit your bum into, but keep your legs and upper body out of. This is for added heat to the lower back and hip areas. You can control the temperature here and you soak for about 10 more minutes. Nice. All in those thermal hot springs waters Mm -hmm. directly from the earth. One of my most favorite things to do that I pretty much do every single day of my life is taking a bath. So I'm really looking forward to this. This is the part I'm looking forward to the most. Okay. Next, you'll be taken to the vapor cabinet, which is a metal box that you sit in while steam is pumped in. Beginners, you and I, keep their heads out of the steam box. So it's a big box of steam with your head sticking up the top. (laughs) After about five minutes of sweating from the steam, you're taken to the needle shower to rinse off. Wow. The needle shower is a stand-up shower with shower streams surrounding you. I saw a picture. I mean, like shower heads going straight out horizontally uh-huh. all the way up and down your body. Uh-huh. The idea is to promote increased circulation and to rinse off your sweat before you cool down. Huh. From there, you move to a cooling room to cool off for 10 to 20 minutes. Once your core temperature is reduced, you go to your locker and get changed. And somewhere in there is a 20-minute shiatsu massage. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited about the bathhouse. Yeah. And of course, as you said a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about where we we're headed, the city is smack dab in the middle of a national park so from there if we wanted to we'll have to go back and get the dog but then we'll go hiking like right then right there. yes you know me in that when i travel to places where other strong energies have been or at least i imagine they've been very near to like sedona and the vortex hunts that we went on and And height street where of course janice joplin at the peace hotel right there's places all over this world that hold a lot of energy and i get really excited to get in those spaces and kind of not just imagine that i'm them but imagine what it might have felt like to be there in that moment in time when they were there. I'm excited about that experience because I know that there were a lot of wealthy people Mm -hmm. that went to this particular thing in the 20s and 30s. Right. And so there were a lot of celebrities, a lot of gangsters, a lot of presidential, like, you know, a lot of people. It was a huge attraction in the country in the 1910s to 30s. So there's a lot of energy up in that space. There's a lot of energy. So I'm excited to go into this, like meditative weirdo experience that includes bath and heat Mm -hmm. needles and massage i just love it i'm excited i'm so excited all right we'll raise your glass of 13 year old scotch that has been stored in sherry casks and have a fantastic time at the dinner table unanswered questions i have an unanswered question that i want to add for next week okay Based on this bathhouse thing. Okay. Let's go back and get some of the names of some of the like gangsters and celebrities and presidential political people. That did what we're about to do. Exactly. I'd love to know that. A name came up last week. 
Edith Piaf. Uh-huh. It's one of the chicken name selections. When yes, you go that's to the right. That's Facebook right. I remember page. that. You said, who is Edith Piaf? Mm-hmm. I hate it. When I look something up and realize, yeah, I knew that, duh. Mm-hmm. But let's get specific. Why do you hate that? See, I like it. You see, when we, I went back and listened to an old episode from a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. where we're talking about how you corrected me a couple of times in a row on unanswered questions. Right. Because I get super excited that I know something before I go back and have to look it up. No, I or hate I th- say like, oh, well, I don't know what that is. I hate that in the moment last week, I didn't have that information at my fingertips. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Edith Piaf, born 1915, passed away 1963, was a French singer noted as France's national chartreuse. This is like the female out of France who, of course, sang the song we're listening to now, La Vie en Rose. This song. Her music was often autobiographical, and she specialized in ballads about love, loss, and sorrow. I love all the things that we learn at the dinner table. Then I said, we like to use just spices when we make our tacos and not the little taco package, Old El Paso, yeah. Lowry's, McCormick's. And I got all loud about preachy, about things, about food and health and safety and all that. So what is in one of those taco seasoning mixes that you and I just don't want to put in our body? The first thing I did was I looked at the back of all of like the cumin and the chili powder and the coriander to verify that that's all that's in the spice. Mm -hmm. And it is. Mm -hmm. But when you buy yourself a taco packet seasoning, okay, so I'm going to go to Old El Paso's website and just read you the ingredient. Mm -hmm. Chili pepper, Mm -hmm. maltodextrin, Mm -hmm. salt, Mm -hmm. onion powder, spice. (laughs) <laughs> That's because that. they don't want you to know their secret spaces. I guess so. Cornstarch, <laughs> potassium, magnesium chloride. It's the additives. Silicon dioxide. Yeah. Anti-caking agent. Yeah. Citric acid sugar. Here's the other fun one. Natural flavor. Mm-hmm. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. We've talked about Michael Pollan's food rules. I love so many of them. Most of them. One of them, if your five-year-old can't pronounce it, don't eat it. Yeah. If it's more than five ingredients in a thing, don't eat it. Yeah, that's the thing constantly that I'm just repeatedly saying. And part of the reason why I always say, look at the organic. Here we go back to the original thing that I'm going to say over and over again. There are different spaces on the spectrum for processing. A carrot can be processed all the way to the point of being a cooked, mashed carrot. Baby food In a baby food jar. To a carrot that is literally pulled out of the ground, sand knocked off of it and crunched on okay so even a carrot can have levels of processing so anything can have levels of processing the thing is is that our bodies require the closest thing to the plant and the original protein or whatever it is that it's trying to collect from the plant as natural and as raw as possible that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be able to enjoy all different types of foods cook different ways Mm -hmm. all those things But the more often that we can, and the reason we choose organic packaging or organic products is because at least then, if we're going to buy it from the grocery store and we didn't make it ourselves, then we can look at the ingredient list and go through the ingredient list and say, A, can I pick out something that I know for sure that I'm sensitive to or allergic to? Or B, can I say, well, all of these other things are ultimately just different types of preservation products right to keep it shelf stable anti-caking right and i don't need it to stay shelf stable super long 
because we don't store things in our pantry for a very long time on purpose. I'm going to use it. I'd rather throw it away if it's all caked up Mm -hmm. or store it in my refrigerator or my freezer or whatever I need to do with that type of thing. And so because of that, we go to the products that are going to have labeling that makes it very clear what is in it and what is not in it. That's it. It's not some sort of superiority thing and we're not trying to make it more complicated. We want it to be convenient and quick because we want it to be something that everyone does. But to explain why we go through the steps that we go through takes us back to the last episode or where we just said we don't want to be sick all the time. Well, and then I said something I think that is very critical in this conversation. It tastes better. Yes, of course. It tastes better. It just does. And if I'm going to the trouble to cook food, where I can tear that package open and add it to my ground beef, mm-hmm. and I have saved a minute and a half from shaking out the chili pepper, the cumin, the coriander, the paprika, for me, I'm not saving so much time. The other part of that is I've taken the time and effort to have a very wide, deep bench spice cabinet. But on the same note, we have pizza from Domino's, just like every other American family does. And I get a free one next time. (laughs) And here's the other thing. I looked up maltodextrin. I know it's in everything, right? It's processed. Uh It's a processed sugar. It's got a higher glycemic index than table sugar. Mm -hmm. It's also not gluten-free. Exactly. You got to know these little things. If that's important to you. It's important to me. I know that it is. I'm not using that spice mixture. Because that's the kind of thing that would just give me just a little bit of heartburn. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit of diarrhea at the gas station (laughs) on the way home. (laughs) One year ago today. Time time What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Can you believe it was a year ago that you had that intensive oral surgery? You talked about it all during episode 2.21. The episode was called Soft Foods Only. This sent shockwaves through our home. Yeah, when you reminded me of that earlier today, I thought to myself, yep, uh uh-huh, I'm glad that 2021 is done. And I'm not one of those people that wishes a year away, but by the time I got to the end of 2021... Mm -hmm, You were ready. I was exhausted. (laughs) I felt like I had had the most painful year that I had had without any real way to like point blame at anything. It was just the most painful, stressful year and we moved this year. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. I had like a whole reconstructive mouth surgery multiple <laughs> times and my teeth put in and pulled out. And oh, my God, I have forgotten all the things that occurred in 2021. And I thought to myself, thank you for being you, 2021, because a lot of great things happened. Sure. And I got an entire new set of teeth that are beautiful. Mm-hmm. I got a whole new amazing house that I love yeah, and living true. on the farm. So all of these amazing things occurred, but Did my God. Did we get the God, dog in 2021? Uh, we mm-hmm. got him right at the very end of 2020. Okay. So his year was 2021. Sure. It was such a huge year full of so much, including my own personal stuff that I had somehow decided I was going to sort through in the midst of all of this other stuff going on. Oof. Thank God for 2022. I'm so glad to have you. Welcome. Well, the interesting part of the one year ago this week episode was our discussion about how we typically avoid antibiotics, but how you were not going to be able to avoid them for this surgery. Right. 
how to rebuild the biotics in your yeah. body after they're decimated through the yeah. dosage. Any kind of upping your immune system that you can do. I treat my body just like I treat my plants. And that might sound poorly to other people, but I treat my plants really well. And I make sure that I'm constantly putting in all types of nutrients and amendments and minerals and all kinds of things for my plants. Sunshine and water too. Yep. <laughs> I treat my body the exact same way. And when our household is having a little like down swoop in immune systems. Which was the case this passing week. Passing around a little coughing and sneezing and whatever yeah. we're doing. Everyone in the house, what are we eating? Are we taking our supplements? Are we all drinking plenty of water? Has everybody been on a walk to the back of the pasture? Yeah. Go on a walk, get some sunshine, fresh air, make sure you're getting back and doing your things and blah, blah, blah. And there's an element of that that I think that some, maybe my children and maybe in the old days, it might've been seen as like the mom that's like, all right, come on, you're well, you're fine, you know, suck it up, whatever. But I don't feel that way about it. Didn't, like, work, didn't work with a plant. No, I feel like it's a mom saying... Here are the steps you need to take towards wellness when your immune system's low. And I think that I step into gear whenever that starts to happen. I step into the, the commander-in-chief of wellness of the household, but also I know it offends the shit out of like half the household. So I like try to manage it and not be incompassionate. Is that a word? Is incompassionate a word? It is today. <laughs> to be caring. But also to be like, okay, we need to do the, we need to step it up. We need to, you know, do the things we need to do. And that doesn't mean that we're just laying around, you know. <laughs> so if you're looking for something interesting to listen to when we're done today, go back one year, 2.21, and you'll hear the phrase, peeled my entire upper gums back like the top of a convertible car. Oh. I needed new ideas, man. I feel myself making some of the same things over and over and over again. And I told you, you got any dinner ideas for the stuff that you're bringing out of the garden that isn't something we've ever done before? And I haven't been very helpful this week as it relates to um, behind the computer stuff because we were expecting a freeze last night. Yeah. And I was hot on getting everything harvested yeah. and ready because I still needed to get things out to my customers. And I just said, uh, we have this. I think we have that. Uh, we have some of this. I don't know. Well, you Figure told me, out. <laughs> you told me that you'd harvested some broccoli florets and I knew that we had half of a cauliflower in there from some previous meals. Mm -hmm. We always have a few Brussels sprouts from somewhere. <laughs> the Brussels sprouts that we talked about last week in the fried rice recipe. Mm -hmm. You're harvesting carrots. Yep. Onions, peppers. I was in the mood for some Szechuan, so I looked up Instant Pot Szechuan food, Chinese food. And he says in the text messaging that we're doing to each other, Chinese food, and I, who am trying very hard to get better at being more accepting, letting go, not being in control of everything, when he said Chinese food, I went, okay, I can like Chinese food. I can like Chinese food. Yes, because tonight you said, and I guess I knew this. I don't like Chinese food. You don't like Chinese food, Szechuan food, Peking food. Um. Which is funny, though, because we've talked about Dao, and, like, I do like it. I just don't. There's this cook everything in a pot with cornstarch to that thicken I don't up the like, sauce. That yeah. I just don't. It's not my way it's of eating stuff. fascinating to me because you and I are usually just on the same page when it comes to dining. Mm-hmm. 
Szechuan food is my favorite. I guess that's why Savannah and I go get it often when she and I are alone. Maybe you need it's to not, go it's back. It's not your favorite. Maybe you need to go back to that Dao restaurant menu and look at it again and recognize that probably anything that I don't really like is really Americanized Chinese food oh, or yeah, Americanized and I do. Szechuan. I, mean, I just do. Yeah. Well, this is a very simple recipe after you get all your prep done. Prep, of course, being cutting up all those vegetables the way that you find them when you get them at a Chinese food restaurant. Well, I like fried rice and egg drop soup, and those are both pretty Americanized Chinese food. Certainly. So I took a recipe that I found online for Instant Pot chicken and broccoli mm-hmm. and just threw in the different vegetables and stuff that we had. It pretty simple. And we had gotten some new mushrooms again because yeah. now I've got a friend that goes up and collects mushroom blocks, like compostable mm-hmm. mushroom blocks and brings them down to our area and delivers them to people that want them. So we've been having fresh mushrooms to go in things lately. It's really nice. In your instant pot, your raw chicken, ginger, garlic, soy sauce, water, brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Cook that. Mm-hmm. While that's cooking, you've made the slurry that you're talking about, cornstarch and water. Mm -hmm. When the chicken's done cooking, open it up, put your slurry in and all of your vegetables. So that would be then those mushrooms go in then? Everything but the mushrooms at that point. I didn't want those mushrooms to cook down to nothing. Okay. There was the Brussels sprouts, the broccoli, the cauliflower. So this is me smelling all of this cooking in the house and Uh I'm going, God, that smells really good. Right. Mm, Yum. After I cooked that for a little while, then I added the mushrooms, put the lid back on, had already made my rice, and we were ready to go. Yep. I did not like this recipe. I thought it was good. I did not like it. I crumbled it up and threw it in the garbage and said, I'm going to try some Szechuan again, but this did not do it for me. I liked that you liked it. I actually thought it was good. Yeah. It, it was as good as Chinese food like this, cooked this style, is ever for me. I'll post that recipe so that you can try it at Yeah, home. you can decide because maybe I'm right and he's wrong. It's probably likely. <laughs> Where are you on the scotch? How's this uh, 13-year-old in the sherry casks working for you? I'm not going through this like you are. I don't know. So everybody knows that we get our meat from the farmer's market. Yep. And I've adjusted getting a whole chicken and cooking it in the Instant Pot mm-hmm. to the leg quarters. Mm-hmm. It's It's a better size, a better quantity of meat for us, the three mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. normally. And what I'll usually do is cook it all the way through in the Instant Pot, then strip the bone and I've got cooked chicken that we could then make with a chicken salad or put into a casserole. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the recipe calls for it being raw. So I'll put it in the Instant Pot for zero minutes which sounds weird if you don't have an Instant Pot. That just means it brings it up to the heat, but then doesn't cook it at all. And that's exactly the amount of time you need to make frozen chicken thawed. Mm -hmm. If I ever fry chicken, I will buy a whole chicken, and I totally know how to butcher a chicken into the bone-in pieces. When are you going to do that? You ready? Yeah. I would buy two chickens, then I'd butcher it just like I said, and I'd fry all of it. Mm, That does sound good, good, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. What would the sides be for that meal? Mashed potatoes with turnips. And see, fried chicken could go with anything depending on what season it is. Okay. Coming soon, fried Mm -hmm. chicken. But what I'm not good at, I don't know how to do it, is to debone chicken so that you've got big, full, plump, raw pieces to work with. Hmm. Okay. We've talked about Tommy. Yeah. My friend that comes and works with me at the garden. When I come home early, for whatever reason, it's kind of coinciding with when she's here. Yeah. So now you and Tommy are in and we're talking cooking often. Mm-hmm. Well, before Tommy and you came in, I had YouTubed how to debone a chicken leg quarter. Mm-hmm. 
And then you and Tommy come in and Tom's like, what'd you up to? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm deboning this chicken. Well, let me watch because I don't know how to do that. Tommy, I don't either. I just YouTubed <laughs> it. I didn't do a very good job. However, I set myself on the path to learn how to do it by doing it. Yeah. And I believe that we live in a golden age where it is possible to learn and then do anything with things like YouTube. Yeah. It's how I learn how to fix stuff around the house. Have you ever considered what would happen if you didn't have the internet to go through, go to when you've gotten into the habit of using the internet to get all of your learning? You mean in some kind of apocalyptic event where the internet long, no longer exists? Yeah. No. Or just like three days of freezing and you need to learn how to do something to fix a problem during a freeze. Well, I know, but those are anomalies. I mean, in a general sense, we do have the internet. Do you internet, believe that we're I... not in a world where anomalies are going to come more frequently? Because I already think since 2017, minimally, anomalies are coming more quickly. I think that if the internet crashes uh-huh. and our phones don't work the way that we expect them uh-huh. to work, we would be up a little bit of a creek. Uh-huh. It's how we transfer money to the kids. It's how, uh-huh. I mean, how, there's a question uh-huh. that I'm going to ask now in random question of the week at the end of the episode that I wasn't intending. It's my turn to ask. <laughs> so I've come up with a question. Yeah. I'm going to move from the ice cream question that I thought was going to be great <laughs> to a different question. Okay, okay. To answer your question, no, I don't give a lot of thought to impending doom. Well, I'm not saying you should give a lot of thought to impending doom, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be prepared. For the, the other idea. day, I don't I believe had the that doom, I don't believe that doom is coming, but I don't believe that we're not going to be running into anomalies that we aren't prepared for because we haven't taken the indicators of the things that have told us it's time to get prepared for some things. Well, until that day comes, and but, the but other well, day, that's what I'm saying is it already has come. Okay. What I'm saying is that the anomalies that have already occurred will continue to occur. And we've had enough of them to warn us that anomalies are going to be occurring, that we should be prepared for occurring anomalies. I just want to talk about deboning a chicken, Aislinn. That's all I want to talk about right now. (laughs) There's a fork in the road. (laughs) I just find it very fascinating that we're we're talking about the idea of learning and it's that it's, we're in the golden age of learning. Yet we're in the golden age of new anomalies during a golden age of learning. I find that a part of the conversation. I love the word anomalies, by the way. <laughs> Let's do talk you, about chickens, Joe. Come on. Do you use... And how we can look it up those, on the YouTube okay, anytime we want to. Those new chickens? The same way you can look up how to solve all your healthcare problems, like I said a few weeks ago, on the internet. Those new chickens <laughs> are roosting in the nesting boxes yes. and they're driving me mad. Anyway. Any more mad than me? Do you? you, So you do use the internet. (laughs) Of course I do. To learn how to do something on the spot. Of course I do. You said you use Google Lens. You'll take a picture of something on the spot to find out an insect classification or a weed. Yep. I love living in this time. Yes. Now, if it all goes away. Who doesn't love living in this time? I want to know, listeners. Uh, are you online? People hate where they're living I, right now. And if they, I don't and, and understand if they disagree it, but with I see me what right you're now, saying. If they disagree with me right now, you're not acting like it. Who? Well, not our listeners. They're all awesome. <laughs> but people, the people that are online using it in a completely different way. For me, it's I need to learn how to debone a chicken. Let me go in. Da, 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 put my phone people up next to me. Is all. But then the rest of the internet, that evil part of the internet where everyone's going to fight about every little thing, which I still think is kind of changing and moving in the right direction. Fight me. Okay, listen. I'd like to get us back on track right now. <laughs> 
It's that scotch you brought I home. think that you're right. <laughs> I think you're 100% correct. So it's cold weather. It's scotch weather. It's fire weather. It's Friday night, y'all. I don't know what that means exactly because okay. it could be Monday night for me. I cool. don't give a shit. <laughs> it's fire weather. And we've been having a lot of great backyard fires. Yes. The other night you texted me. I was going to be recording beer in a movie, right? Yeah. Joe, I'd like to make a fire in the backyard. Can you walk me through it? Yes, because I had already watched the whole occurrence go down the night before. We did host the Garden Healing, the third episode of that. It went really well. We've got one more week to go, and then we're going to take a few weeks off, and then we're going to kick it back off again in March. But I decided that I wanted to give it a try after watching him by myself. He wasn't here, and it was a full moon and a perfect weather day for it. And no Full moon and a fire. To. Sounds yes. like an Aislinn kind exactly of night. Exactly what I wanted. And if Joe's not there yep. to make a fire, yep. you're a farm girl. And I had spent the whole day with my nephew. You and we had just had a, a great day. And he was here and I was like, you know what? We're going to round this nice day off with a sunset next to the fire. Mm-hmm. And I'm a farm girl and I need to know how to make a fire. So we got acreage covered in trees. Yes. And I knew when we moved out here that I would be learning some land management. Mm-hmm. And one of the things your dad has done a great job with is cutting, curing, mm-hmm. tree management. There's firewood all over the place. Mm-hmm. So he and I get into the mule, which is the little ATV work vehicle, mm-hmm. go over to the firewood that's stacked, load it up, and then uh, we've got a little firewood stash right by our fire pit. Mm-hmm. I'm also not above cheating. <laughs> and no. we buy in bulk firewood starters, Duraflame logs. There's other brands. Yeah. And I thought, well, if she's doing this alone, we're certainly going to go the route of using that. So I began texting you. Well, here's how I would do it if I were you. And then you're texting me pictures back. Exactly. Perfect. Yes. Just like that. Mm-hmm. And you got yourself a fantastic fire going. I had a nice fire, roaring fire. And then after the fire, you said that you had released. Well, yeah, I. <laughs> different elements. As this first full moon of the new year came into being, I was like, I just feel like I need to let some stuff go. And that's a big, big, big occurrence that's happening in my life. I've actually begun restudying A Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you brought that up on the show, A Course in Miracles. Well, or at least one of one the books. one of a list of books yes. that was really important to you once upon a time. Yes. Or since that course has re-entered into my life, I've gotten a lot more clear about where I'm going and what my path is and what my desires are. I mean, no no different than anything I've been talking about this entire time with all the podcast stuff we've been doing. Non-duality. We are not separate. We are not separate. And so therefore, if we are not separate, all of this illusionary mind game, bullshit, reactionary, trigger, trauma, all the things I've been talking about, things we need to heal from, It's time to just let them go. It's time to literally put them in the fire, burn them up, and let's go home. Let's go to where we are rejoined with what we know is the place we're supposed to be, even as these amazing, sovereign, creative minds we are a part of a whole that is much bigger and greater than we are. And so I just threw, I mean, I was good at it. It's the best intentional burning session I've ever experienced in my so entire full life. Moon. Shame, guilt, trauma, drama, anything. Anything I wanted to throw out and get rid of and never look at again, threw it in there, burned it up. I looked up some YouTube videos to try to send you about building this fire. 
<laughs> so that you could just watch a video and do it. But then I realized, no, I can let me tell her it's a lot easier. Exactly. I think that the journey of getting better at it all is a very integral part of this show. But if you do need a recipe, if you don't know how to perfectly dice an onion the way that a chef would, or a bell pepper, those are kind of hard to cut up. They're weird and bumpy. And how do I do this? Don't be afraid to go and learn how to do it online. And when Tommy comes in and says, I'm going to watch you do it, mm -hmm. I'm quick to say, I don't know what I'm doing, but we can learn you, exactly together. Exactly. That, that's what I've been trying to say. We got to learn these things together. Yeah. We got to show people how we're learning how to do things so that we can learn how to do them together. And I think that that's the thing with me in the garden. And that's the reason why I even bring up this idea like, well, what if the internet didn't work? Then how do we grow food and cook food and all those kinds of things? We got to know how to do things. People around us in our local communities, our neighbors, our friends, and all of that, we've got to share information and we've got to do things that kind of create a local network of people that know how to do things too. Yeah. Let's bring this episode home with our random question of the week. Okay, your phone, mm -hmm. your cell phone, mm -hmm. crashes or you buy a new one, has no apps on it. Mm -hmm. What are the first three apps that you install to use your phone your way? The first three apps that I install? The phone can make phone calls, the phone can text, but what about your apps? <sighs> I have to have instant messenger, so I have to put Facebook messenger. Right. It's one I use with most everybody. Yeah. And then I guess I'd have Gmail. And then I, I had the first three apps. The most important apps to you. I have to have the Weather Channel. So I'm not sure. I guess if I can have Instant Messenger, Gmail, and Weather Channel. Those would be the ones. Yeah. Mine would be Facebook and Messenger. Yeah, yeah. I use that all the time. That's the thing. Do you have to choose Facebook separate than Messenger? Because if I have to choose the Facebook, just Facebook, or Messenger, I choose Messenger. I'm going to say Facebook and Messenger comes with it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've got to have my nonograms game. I have to have it. Oh, my God. I have to play my little game. <laughs> That's a distractionary tool. Uh, that's fine. You have a lot of those. I didn't throw that in the fire and burn it up yet. Oh, and then it's Google Keep, which is notes and lists and that kind of thing. Yeah, but what are you communicating with? You're communicating only with Messenger? Yeah, I don't really use email on my phone very much. Hmm, okay. This question wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. No. All right, let's pour this 18-year-old <laughs> scotch and get on out of here. No. Good night. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. <laughs>